two. What I'm going to preach this morning, I will tell you in the beginning, is very difficult to do. And the Bible tells us what to do, but I'm telling you right now, what I'm going to preach is not an easy task uh, for anyone. It's not easy for me, it's not easy for you, uh, but it's very important. Verse 5 is my text verse in this passage of Scripture, and I want you to put a marker there as we're going to look at the passage as we go through uh, the message this morning. The Bible says, and the psalmist David is talking to himself, and, and, and uh, my Bible, which is in uh, Cambridge, Oxford, uh, is the printer, and, and, and they put little headings at the top. It's not a part of Scripture, but it's a description and the heading at the top says, David encourageth his soul to trust in God. And that's what it tells us this passage is about. He's encouraging himself to trust God. And verse 5 is the text verse when he says this, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's not talking to a friend. He's not talking to someone that he knows and loves. He's talking to himself. And he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? And he continues to speak to himself and he says, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet, I'm not now, but I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. So many things in the scripture, they're easy to read, they're easy to understand. But they're extremely difficult to obey. And Lord, uh, these are truths that we need the encouragement of the scripture. We need the challenge of the scripture. We need the encouragement of one another uh, to do these things. And I pray that you'd help us to pay particular and close attention uh, to the instruction given this morning. And I pray that you'd bless in power in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. I want to begin this morning with an illustration uh, before I uh, give you the message this morning. Uh, many here today have either uh, faced an injury or you have faced a surgery uh, where the doctor called for physical therapy. And uh, the physical therapy was so difficult uh, that you didn't want to do it and you didn't think you could do it because the uh, physical therapy was a very difficult uh, challenge. And you thought, well, I need to get stronger before I do that. And the doctor said, you need to do that to, to get stronger. Are you with me? You hear what I said this morning? You said, I need to get stronger to do that. And the doctor said, you need to do that uh, to get stronger. Modern physical therapy, I've often referred to a, a physical therapist as a physical terrorist, uh, but uh, modern physical therapy has changed the way we recover. And uh, it's been, I mean, it's been a major change, a major breakthrough. Uh, as uh, used to, you would uh, lay in bed after surgery for several days. Uh, now, uh, they'll uh, do a knee replacement and have somebody standing up that very day. And, uh, and, and they begin that process of physical therapy. How many of you are with me this morning? You understand what I'm talking about? Well, the idea did not begin with a surgeon or a therapist. The idea began uh, in the Word of God. And the Bible tells us here, uh, when you are discouraged, you have to go to spiritual therapy to overcome that discouragement. 
You don't wait until you get over the discouragement and then go for uh, spiritual therapy. You go get spiritual therapy when you are discouraged. With that being said, I want us to look again at our text verse in verse number 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? The psalmist is speaking to himself. And why art thou disquieted in me? Why are you so quiet? You have nothing to say. You have nothing to sing about. You're just quiet. You're depressed in spirit. He says to himself, hope thou in God. You say, but I don't feel like hoping in God. He said, well, hope anyway. You need the spiritual therapy. Uh, you need to do the therapy uh, to get over the discouragement and the depression uh, that you face. And then he says, praise him for the help of his countenance. There are two stories in the Bible that are so similar and so much the same of two good men. In fact, two great men, two of the greatest men in the Bible, David in the Old Testament, John the Baptist in the New Testament, that the stories and the text is so much the same. I could have used either for a text this morning. We could have gone to Luke chapter 7 and read verses 15 through 22 when John the Baptist, the very forerunner of Christ, who went about telling everybody, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and finally in John 1, 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John is in prison when you get to Luke chapter 7, and he sends some of the people that he's working with. He said, Go ask Jesus if he really is the Christ. He's discouraged because he is in prison. And uh, what he does is exactly what the psalmist does here to help him get over his discouragement. Look at me. He doesn't wait until the discouragement is over and go to church. He goes to church to get over the discouragement. And all God's people said... Now, both of these great men faced a time of difficulty. They faced a time of great challenge in their life. And it could have ended uh, their earthly service for God. Both of them, it could have. But both of them, now in John's case, he lived a short while after that. He, he died a martyr's death in victory. Uh, the psalmist went on to sing. He went on to write more psalms. But it was only because he went to spiritual therapy. He did what God told him to do, and that's what I want to preach about this morning. First of all, we find in this passage things that discourage all of us. Things that discourage all of us. Things that all of us have a difficult time with. First of all is change. We don't like change. We like things to stay the same. We like to find our happy place and live there. We like to find our happy friends and live there. We like to come to victory and live there, but life is filled with change. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 4 of Psalm number 42. When I remember these things... I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. Now in verse number 3, the multitude's criticizing him. He said, I'd gone with them. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day or holiday. It's where we get our word holiday. Uh, they used to go to church with me, but they have changed. Change is discouraging. A change causes us to be disquieted. Sometimes you have a change of outlook. That's what John was facing. He said, I've been the forerunner of Jesus. Now I'm doubting if he's really the Christ. Change. Change of the future. John wondered what would happen. 
the loss of comfort changed. Life is not like it was. Unknown concerns and fears and decisions on the horizon. Perhaps it's a failure. Uh, you failed someone or you failed in something. You failed in behavior. Uh, you failed to uh, meet an expectation of someone change. Uh, something or someone changed in your life. And that is a discouraging thing to deal with. Not only does he talk about change, he talks about grief. Grief can lead to discouragement. Uh, look at verse number 9, if you will. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Let me ask you a question. Do you think God forgot David? Absolutely not. But David felt like he'd been forgotten. And so do I sometimes. And so do you sometimes. Sometimes when the nights are long and the days are long and the weeks are long, sometimes we feel like, God, I've been praying this prayer for three months and six months and nine months. I've been praying and it seems that the heavens are brass. It seems that nothing is happening. There's no change taking place uh, in my life at all. And uh, it just seems like that this, uh, that this grief never is going to end. Maybe it's a loss or a change of a job. And I've talked to several folks in recent weeks that are changing jobs, not because you wanted to, but, but companies changed and things change. Some folks are grieving over family problems or issues or grieving over health issues. And we come to the place, if David can ask that question, I can ask that question. By the way, he asked the right person that question. Sometimes other people discourage us. Sometimes we put our faith, we put our expectations in people. And we have to do that. I mean, that's just life. You trust a doctor. You trust a friend. You trust a pastor. You trust a spiritual leader. You trust a brother. You trust a sister. You trust a family member. That's, that's what life is. But the truth is sometimes all of us in that circle, we have times of failure. Notice what he says in verse number 9. I will say unto my God, my rock, why hast thou forsaken me? Why go I mourning? Notice this, because of the oppression of the enemy. Here's how they oppressed him. Look at verse number 3. My tears have been my meat day and night. In other words, I haven't had anything to eat or drink. I've just wept in tears. And then he says, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? He said they walked by and said, hey, you were crying yesterday. Hadn't God answered your prayers yet? You've been praying that for six months. God still hadn't answered your prayers. I don't know if I trust your God or not. That's what he's saying. Others discourage me. Sometimes others point out the fact that God doesn't work for us. But we serve God. God's not on my timetable. He doesn't depend on me. I depend on him for the next breath of life. I'm his servant. He's not mine. But others act as if God is our servant. Or worse, they act as if God is our genie in a bottle that just does whatever we command. And the opposite is true. I live to serve him. But others are discouraging. And that's what the psalmist said. I'm discouraged. I face grief because of other people. And then the worst thing happens. He feels like he's actually separated from God. As we read in verse number 9. And then look what he says in verse number 10. As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? 
It's one thing to be bothered by others and be discouraged by circumstances. It's another to feel lonely and discouraged because you feel distanced or separated from God. Now you understand of two of the greatest men that ever lived, David and John the Baptist, if they ask these questions, you and I are going to face times of discouragement. And in our discouragement, we need spiritual therapy. You say, preacher, when I start feeling better, then I'll go to church. When I start doing better, then I'll start reading the Bible. When I start doing better, then I'll, then, then I'll do those things. God said, no, the opposite is true. You need the spiritual therapy before the joy comes. You don't get the joy and then the therapy. You do the therapy and that brings the joy. The second thing I want to say in the message today is he moved forward when he did not feel like moving forward. Have you ever been so sick you didn't even want to take the medicine the doctor gave you? The doctor ever said, now you need to eat, you need to drink, you need the nourishment. And you thought, I don't want to eat anything. And the doctor said, you have to, whether you like it or not. I was talking to a friend the other day who has cancer. We actually had a meal together and, and uh, he ordered a, a salmon and, and spinach. And, or, or salmon and... Uh, why did I say spinach? I preach against spinach. Uh, spinach, uh, 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 salmon and rice, that's what I was trying to say. And, uh, and, and I said, how does it taste? He said, oh, about like a pine board. I said, you don't, you don't like it? He said, I can't taste it, but I have to eat it because I need my strength. He wasn't eating for enjoyment. He was eating so he could have strength to enjoy life. I want to point out that, that as we read Psalm 72, listen, the psalmist was still discouraged when he wrote every word of this. And when he finished writing the psalm, he was still, still discouraged. He was writing this from a present perspective. He is in physical therapy as he writes this. And we may say to the psalmist, as you would say to someone does a therapist ever ask you during therapy, does that hurt? And you look at him like, are you kidding? I was hurting before I came in here and you made it worse. But he says it's for your good. Sometimes you come to church and you hear the preacher talking about praising God. And you hear him talk about what an exciting and a wonderful day it is. And you say, I don't want to be excited. I don't want to praise God. I feel down. Things are not going well in my life. And when things get better, then I'll praise God. The psalmist writes this while he's in spiritual therapy. He is struggling. And he brings out some things that he has to do. Not when he gets over discouragement, but as he goes through his discouragement. Mark your place, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a, perhaps the most well-known psalm. It talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse number four, I want you to look at it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know what helps us to get through the valley, not in the valley, but not through it? I want you to look at it. It's not just because he's with me. 
Don't miss it now. It's not because he's with me. You say, I can make it through because he's with me. No, you make it through because you walk through the valley. You have to keep on walking. Make a note of it. You have to keep on walking. I know folks here this morning, you're, you're grieving. You're grieving because of a, a real loss and hurt and void in your life. And, and, and you want to just sit down. Ah, oh, but listen to me. There's a world that needs your testimony to say God is good and God's strength is good. And you need to keep walking while you're in the valley because walking is the only way to get through the valley. And I'm glad God is there. And it reminds me of a physical coach or a therapist that says, come on. You can do that. I've, I've, I've had coaches before uh, that have helped me, and, and, uh, and they say, All right, I want you to do 10 reps, and I do 10. They said, I'll do three more. I said, You said 10, not 13. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. And then he'll say something like, Everybody's watching you. You can do it. Isn't it amazing what you can do when you just decide, I will do this? You know, way to get through the valley, keep on walking. The psalmist is not writing and saying, let me tell you what happened to me 10 years ago. The psalmist is writing from the midst of the valley. He is still discouraged. He is still depressed. And he writes here uh, what he is doing and what he's going to do. And go back to the passage of scripture, if you will. And notice what he says in verse number 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Notice the words, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him I'm not praising him now I'm crying now I'm not praising him now I'm hurting now I'm not praising him now I'm asking him why now but I'm going to keep walking I'm going to keep going are you listening and I shall yet praise him the day will come that I'll stand on the other side and I'll praise his holy name some 16 years ago my wife had a terrible accident in the kitchen she fell on a pitcher, a glass pitcher, and she cut three fingers and a wrist. It was a long night of surgery, and the doctor, the surgeon, came out, and he said, uh, he said, Mr. Fugit, he said, I understand your wife is a piano player. He said, she'll never play the piano with that hand again. I remember saying to him, Doc, she's not just my piano player. She's my song. She's my music. She has to play again. He said, I did the best I could, but you understand what she went through. She'll never play again. And I watched her as she went through the therapy. I saw the perspiration. I saw the tears. I saw the anguish. I saw the times that she wanted to quit. But I'll never forget that evening. When I heard the piano in our house begin to play. And I walked into the living room. And while it wasn't all five fingers and yet it's just four today she was playing you know why not because she said when I get better I'm going to go to therapy she went to therapy during the hurt and some of you this morning your heart is broken some of you are hurting this morning and there are real reasons to hurt and there are questions of fear and doubt you feel like God has forsaken you the psalmist said, yea, though I walk, I didn't walk to stay. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. He went to therapy during his sickness. I want to show you what he did. 
here are the four exercises, the spiritual therapy exercises that he did. Make note of them. They're all in chapter 42. Look, first of all, at verse number 8. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I want you to write down if you're making notes. First of all, he remembered that God is faithful. Folks, has God ever let you down in the past? Did he ever leave you in a dark night in the past? Has he ever left you in a dark valley in the past? No. Our fears do not come from looking back. Our fears come from looking ahead and wonder how we will face and how we will make and how we will go through what's ahead. But we never fear going through what's past because by grace we made it through. As the songwriter said, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. Remember what God has done. God's always been good to us. God's grace has always been sufficient. God's mercy has always been new every morning. He said, I will remember the goodness of God. I will remember the goodness of God. I will remember the faithfulness of God. That was the first exercise that he went through. He would not let his mind forget. He wouldn't go to the circumstance and just dwell on the circumstance. He remembered with joy the goodness of God in the past. The second exercise he did is he sought the Lord with everything in him. He sought God. He said, God, I need you. I hunger for you. I'm looking for you. I need you to be with me. Look at verse number one. As the heart, that's an animal like the deer. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Look at verse number eight. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me and my prayer, my prayer unto the God of my life. When you do not feel like it, seek God anyway. When you don't feel like going to church because you're down in spirit, go to church anyway. When you don't feel like reading your Bible because you're down in spirit, decide I'm going to seek the face of God by reading his word anyway. Even though I don't understand what God is doing in my life and he has brought a trial of affliction in my life and though I'm facing a great trial that I don't enjoy, I don't like and I'm hurting, I'm still going to put my faith in God and I'm going to seek the Lord with my life. The third exercise is he got serious in his prayer life. In Genesis chapter 32, we'll not take the time to read that passage. But the angel of the Lord, which is an Old Testament appearance of the Lord Jesus. In Genesis chapter 32, the angel came and wrestled with Jacob. And Jacob said this, I won't let you go until you touch me. He got serious in prayer. Every time I say those words serious in prayer, I think of a man many years ago. He had an accident at work and he cut his wrist. And he said it was a terrible cut. And this is how he told my dad, who was his preacher, and told us at church. And he said, I cut my wrist. He said, boy, I started praying. 
He worked for the Kentucky West Virginia Gas Company and drove a Jeep and he would go back onto those sites where those wells were, those, uh, those natural gas wells. And, and it was there that he cut his arm. He said, I, I started praying, Lord, help me. He said, I got in my Jeep and I started driving out and then something bursted in my arm and I mean blood started gushing and said this, I really started praying then. How many of you have been praying and then something even worse happened and you said, I was praying already, but boy, I really started praying then. That's what the psalmist did. The psalmist said, I hunger for God. He went through his spiritual therapy. He remembered God. He sought the face of God. He spent time in prayer with God. And then the last thing is the most difficult thing to do. Look at verse number five. Notice the last part of verse number five. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Look at verse number 11. The last part. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. He said, God is good. And one day I'm going to shout. But right now I'm going to praise his name even in my sorrow. Even in my tears. Even in my pain. A young evangelist in the days of train travel was discouraged when he read a letter from his wife and she told him in the letter that they would be having their firstborn child but it would be two months before he would get back home as he had committed to a preaching circuit. And as he was on the train, he got discouraged. And he started thinking about those that were not serving God. And he started thinking about those that were blessed in life. And it seemed that he was trying to serve God. But things were not going well. I want to read the words to you that he wrote on that train that day. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. When death has come and taken our loved ones, it leaves our homes so lonely and drear. Then do we wonder why others prosper living so wicked year after year. And then he wrote the chorus. Farther along we'll know all about it. Farther along we'll understand why. Cheer up my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it. All by and by. The psalmist said, I don't feel like it, but I think I'll just go ahead and praise God anyway. I'm sorry I have to praise you in tears and I have to praise you in pain, but you're still a good God. And one day, I'm going to get through this valley and I'm going to say, thank God for his grace and his goodness that brought me through. So as I began this morning, I close by saying, It's difficult to go to spiritual therapy while you're hurting. 
but that's when we need to go. There's so many today that I've witnessed to that I've said, you need to be saved. You need to trust Christ as Savior. And they'll say something like this. I'm going to get two or three things worked out. When I get those worked out, then I'm going to do that. That's like saying when I feel better, I'm going to go to the doctor. You go to the doctor when you're sick. And you're not able to go, you call an ambulance and let them take you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day we need the spiritual therapy. Let's just praise him anyway. Stand with me if you will. Psalm 42. Take it with you this week. Read it again. Study it. Decide. I know I'm hurting, but I still have a good God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God that encourages us. And I hurt for those that are sitting beside the bed of a loved one. I hurt for parents who sit beside a little eight-year-old boy this morning. To see his pain. To wish they could take it away. So many times I've stood in this place trying my best to comfort those with a broken heart. Because of the death of a loved one. I pray that you'd help us to remember that while we're hurting. That's when we need to do the spiritual exercises of obedience to you. Help us to make those decisions to do that this morning. Lord, I pray for those that may not have received you as Savior that today would be the day. Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts. May they trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. He's going to sing the invitation song. I invite you to use the altar as the altar is open this morning. There's a decision of salvation, a surrender of your life to Christ. Perhaps you have found yourself in that valley. Keep walking. Keep on walking. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. He said, I didn't walk here to stay. I came to walk on through. And as the therapist pushes just a little further than you think you can go and requires a little more than you think you can give. David said, that's what I did when I found myself in the deep and dark valley of discouragement. You're here today and you've been saved. You never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. I encourage you to make that decision for Christ. Showing a public testimony of your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.